Welcome. This is On Mike, and I'm Jordan Rich. I love stories, and I've made my living as a storyteller over the years. I also love asking questions. I'm curious about everything. So in this podcast, we continue to expand in new and exciting directions. Certainly the focus is on creative people, artists in film, radio, voice, literature, and more. But I'm really excited about meeting innovators who are gutsy and clever enough to knock down barriers and offer the world ideas that make us all a bit better. Now, before we get rolling, contact information. If you'd like to reach me, my email address is jordan at chartproductions.com. Twitter account at jordanwbz. And on Facebook, go to Jordan Rich Show. And I'd love to get your feedback anytime. And suggestions for upcoming programs are always welcome. Have you heard this one? Maybe if millennials spent less on brunch and more on particle physics research, they could travel to 1974 and afford a house today. <laughs> well, today's show is dedicated to and is all about millennials. The dictionary defines a millennial as someone who has reached the age of young adulthood in the 21st century. But like all of us, millennials are much more complex and much more interesting. I wonder if they'll someday use the phrase, you know, back in my day. Well, anyway, today I want to celebrate the work of two fine millennials. The first is Paige Cornetit, a captivating speaker, certified coach and mentor, and she's the millennial guru helping both leaders and millennials discover their strengths and build communities, fostering successful companies. She's now the author of books for children who someday will be millennials. We're talking about The Louse in the House, The Hen in the Pen, and other children's financial books. She's all about teaching future generations about themselves and how to handle money and wealth. We're also going to meet Rachel Klausner, founder and CEO of the Millie app. Millie is a charitable giving platform. And at Millie, the goal is to connect millennials who want to give with nonprofits who could use their help, making charitable giving less intimidating and more accessible. I love the idea, and we'll talk with Rachel in just a few minutes. So two stimulating guests today. Let's go on, Mike. Well, let's say hello to Paige here on the podcast. We're going to find out about uh, Millennial Guru. I mentioned that in the outset. And I also mentioned your name in the introduction, but you have a I find out now a tagline that has to go with your name, which is a little tricky for people to pronounce. Yes, the tagline is Paige Cornetit, you'll never forget it. <laughs> Cornetit, you won't forget it. I love it. I will not forget that. That's terrific. <laughs> so let's begin, before we talk about your children's book, which is really cool, let's talk about Millennial Guru and the fact that you're paying attention to millennials is key because that's the generation that's going to grow up and spend some money and hopefully save some. Tell me more. Absolutely. Well, I started it with the intention. I'm a millennial, first and foremost. So I thought, I, I thought that if I could help my peers grow and learn and understand what their talents are and how to turn them into strengths kind of professionally, I thought that the impact would be, would be great because obviously we're kind of the next generation coming into the workforce. And we're, I personally believe, missing a lot of skills, whether it's from you know, understanding like who we are, what we're good at, what the experience is, um, how to communicate effectively and appropriately. And really, um, after kind of working with my peers, it was really to bridge the multi-generation. So mm. the older generation understanding us and us understanding them. So it's kind of old meeting new and how to work together more efficiently and effectively. Well, you certainly have a ripe market for that. And I guess the question is, and you're one of them, what happened to this and with this generation? Who's, I don't want to say fault it is, but who's responsible, <laughs> let's put it that way, for this kind of lack of attention to communication? Where does that come from? You know, 
know, it's interesting because I, I get that question a lot. And I would say really what happened was technology was a huge part of my generation. And we were the first generation to kind of upbringing with it, to grow up with technology. So as we grew and as relationships were formed and as we went to high school and college, that's when all this technology started coming about. And I think that we're, we were like still old but new and now it's just such a huge part of our lives from efficiency is we can do things that took, you know, hours in the workplace in five minutes, five to 10 minutes. So it's like, okay, what next do you have? Like we're done. Like what, what else do we got going for us? Right. So we really added a lot of automation and, and efficiency with the tech. And the generation. rapidity in which this all happened, it multiplied by a hundred, uh, the way it was in the old days when the telephone or the transportation <laughs> changed with the railroad, that took decades over time to really sink in, but this stuff sinks in quickly. So you're finding a, a very likely audience in many aspects, you deal with how they can improve as people. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's really what I love to do is, is helping people understand themselves better and how they work and what gives them energy. Like what are the certain tasks or the things that they like to do? For example, if someone is amazing at building relationships and that really kind of fills their fuel, you know, like fills their fire, um, that they're able to do that more with the job or, or example, like if they like to do spreadsheets and they love numbers and love data and they love like analytics and they just like really get off on that. It's like, okay, that's the sort of like work that you can be doing. And so understanding themselves, but then also taking it a step further and understanding the team and the people that they work with and being like, Oh, that's just Paige. It's not like she's doing it to, um, her feelings or saying those things. No, that's just like who she is. And so really trying to kind of understand yourself as well as others uh, in the activities and the workshops mm. that I do. Well, good for you. Now, we have a book that you've produced. It's called The Louse in the House, and it's obviously aimed at very young millennials, very young millennials, yes. and so well, forth. I'm yeah. <laughs> Let's explore that for a bit. It's a cute book, beautiful artwork, by the way. We'll have you talk about that page. The point of it is young people, kids and, and young adults don't really have a grasp of money and saving and lending, and et cetera, et cetera. And this book addresses that. Tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So I had, um, and I have, I have amazing parents who really were able to instill the value of financial education um, in me and my four and my three siblings, four of us. And so I thought that if I could help my generation who are now young parents, you know, are having kids or have kids in middle school, if I could help them have open conversations with their children, that it would be able to just talk about money, right? Like how this worked and, and understand it. And I, I feel like with my generation going to college is like student loans are a huge thing. And that was very normal. And a lot of my friends are like, well, I didn't know, you know, I was able to just take out these huge loans, but I didn't know kind of the repercussions or the consequences of that. So this book, The Louse in the House, is all about debt and focused on what this is and why this is bad or how this how they come into your house. So debt is the elephant and then there's two different neighbors, Miss Spend Now and Miss Spend Then, and one of them won't let the elephants in. And they're both good people and they're both, you know, neighbors and one helps the other to kind of understand how to get rid of the elephants. And so I, I thought that if I could make it into a story, very simple, that 
people could understand, yes, we don't want elephants in our house. We, we want to talk about the elephant in the room, and this is how to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, for any elephants listening, it's it's not uh, that harsh on elephants as a species. It's, it has to do with <laughs> the, the elephant in the room joke that even little kids will figure out when you when you read it to them. So Miss Spend Now and Ms. Spend Then, isn't it basic to all economy, to all finance, that uh, if you spend too much, then you bring in, you're going to get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. And that if you if you have, you know, that credit, that you have an IOU and you have to pay that elephant, cause the elephant will take, it's like you got to pay for it with things or things can get taken from you because of it if you have too many elephants in your house. So I thought that with with that visual uh, concept of the theme of debt would be helpful. And yes, I do love elephants. I, there's no nothing against them, but, <laughs> but I thought that with them sucking up money into their trunk, it was a good visualization. You made a point that I wanted to come back to, and that is by having a children's book that parents, young parents can read to their very young children, it opens up the eyes and ears and imaginations of obviously the kids, but certainly the, the adults. And we were just chatting on another podcast about rare books, about the uh, the concept of reading a book to a child, which is so fundamental, so basic, so human. And oftentimes the reader, the adult is affected. So I think that's a good strategy. Absolutely. And there's at the end of the book, kind of a page of questions of talking points. And that was really crucial to have in the book because it allows the the reader, the parent or the grandparent to go back through the book with the child and ask the child questions to kind of think critically, like what are the elephants and how do you get rid of them and why do we not want them in the house? So to really kind of expand those neural pathways in the child of, oh, okay, I get it. Elephants are bad. This is why. And the cool thing is just hearing all these stories from the parents of like, yeah, you know, talking to my kid, it's like I got a credit card in the mail and it's like, oh, what are the elephants? Okay, deb you know, they're, they're debt and um, what does the credit card represent? Debt and it's like, ding, 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 light bulb goes off. Oh, now I get it. This is why we don't want that. Okay. In your experience, Paige, as the millennial guru, are you finding it easier because they're younger people in general to to make your point, to have them get it? Because when you get a little older, you get a little more set in your ways. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> you mentioned the mind of a child, uh, of a pre-adolescent is, is very elastic. There's a lot going on. What about the millennials that you work with? For, for me, they're, that is why I love working with them, because they're open to things and concepts and, and learning and are, are starving for more education and knowledge and experience. Um, to build their skills. I mean, I, I always feel like, of course, I want to, you know, do more. I want to give back to the community. I want to find my purpose, kind of all these things that my generation gets kind of a lot of heat for mm. are all are all good mm. things because we're asking questions and we're being curious and we want to say, well, can we do this differently? How can we do this differently? What do I add to the table? What can I contribute to society? Those are to me, I think on the positive note of all these questions and, and want and need for more. 
As someone who's dedicated to helping people, coaching people, moving people through various zones in their lives, I believe you're going to agree with me wholeheartedly that it's so easy to just say, oh, he's a millennial, he fits this or she fits this category because she's that age and lives in this city, so she must be just like that or just like this. All of us, whatever generation, we do tend to stereotype, don't we, and, and put people in groups where not everybody fits in that group, thankfully. Sometimes that it's when you put people in a box, whether it's, you know, it's a group or a type, a type of person, um, it can get hard to, to erase that box around them. Right. And that's why mm. in terms of understanding yourself and what you bring is that we're all individuals we're all unique and we all want the same thing. At the end of the day, we're all looking for the same thing, security, you know, growth, um, community, family, like we all want that the same sort of thing no matter what your generation is. So. Let me ask you to put on your financial crystal ball hat for a second. Can't issue. make any predictions. No, 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 no. Not, not, not stock tips. But I was wondering if you could comment on what you mentioned earlier, the, the enormous amount of school debt that's out there in the billions and billions. And I don't believe any president or would-be candidate is going to wave a magic wand and eliminate that. I think that's just a campaign promise. But is is it a, a shaky future because of the amount of debt out there and because younger people haven't maybe saved the way their parents did or the grandparents? Are you rosy and optimistic about the future or a little iffy? Well, that's a great question. And I would say that I am concerned. Hence, why I think that the book that I put out is vital for my generation and future generations to understand, number one, what it is that you have, and then number two is how to get rid of these elephants in your house. Because when you have debt, you know, you, you basically have to pay off. And I have friends that are like, it's going to take me forever to pay off my student loan. Mm. And it's the only debt that doesn't go away if you pass away, if, if there's a death. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable of how much a burden that this is. And um, it's so important for, for my friends, for, for young people, young families to pay off these as soon as possible and to understand what it is and how to get out of it so that you're not, you're not stuck financially for the rest of your life. And that's why getting an early start, even as young as five, six, seven, with an understanding of what money is and its value. Yeah. And, and I mean, everyone gets flashed, free credit card, free credit card. And you hear the word free and that's about it. Um, before we close out, you have uh, the Next Gen Boot Camp, you call it. What, yes. what is that yes. all about? So it's all about... Um, obviously millennials and the next generation. And what I do is uh, these workshops where I bring a peer group together and we walk through even more deeply um, of yourself and your wealth and understanding how those two go together. So it's kind of taking the, you know, children's books and doing 5.0 with it. So really walking through what are these financial themes? What do you need to know? What do you need to understand for your life? And then also putting yourself in a space and an open, safe space with peers that are like you that are going through the same issues, the mm -hmm. same um, problems, or the same, you know, blessings or burdens, however you look at it. So that's, that's what we do. It's, it's fantastic. And details can be found at millennialguru, just the way it sounds, .com, millennialguru.com. And by the way, the book with the elephants called The Louse in the House is a children's book beautifully illustrated. And uh, this is something that you produced on your own. You published it independently, correct? Correct. 
Okay. Yeah. So that means you are offering this through your website and so forth, and I'm sure you're using it in, in the field as well. Do you have future <laughs> do you have future books planned in the in a series like this? Yes, I do. Actually, my second will be released soon, which is called The Hen in the Pen. And this one is all about investments and not all the products that you can buy, but just understanding the concept of investments. Um, and it's a farm and it's Miss Ben Nen and her husband, Mr. Ben Nen, and they kind of teach you all about investments and why they're important. <laughs> wow. So it has to rhyme, though, really, to be an effective title, doesn't it? The of hen- course. Well, yeah. Cornette it, never forget it. <laughs> Cornette Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, it's delightful to meet you. I wish you the best with this and continued success helping people who are literally uh, coming up now to, to into the work world and having to stake their claim. And I know a lot of young people who are doing great work. <laughs> And uh, I feel very comfortable that the generation ahead will follow through in just fine fashion. So thank you so much. And uh, our elephant friends out there are not upset with you and because uh, they never forget. You know, if they were, they would never forget it. The book is called The Louse in the House. Page Cornet it. You'll never forget it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jordan. We'll be back to today's episode in just a moment. This podcast is produced at Chart Productions with technical assistance from Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media. Now, if you're interested in developing your own podcast, whether for business or fun, please get in touch. We're now actively producing a whole bunch of great shows, and with our decades of broadcast experience, we can help you every step of the way produce and push up to the cloud a podcast you can be proud of. Visit chartproductions.com, C-H-A-R-T productions.com, and get in touch if we can be of help. Now, back to today's episode. Delightful to welcome our second guest, Rachel Klausner, to the program here today as we focus on millennials. She's the founder and CEO of this new idea, this new website called GetMillie.com, and it's the app that you want to get. And Rachel, thanks for stopping for a few minutes in your busy day to talk to me. Thanks, Jordan. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So let's talk about you, first of all. You are a self-described millennial. Tell us more. (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm a millennial, kind of smack in the middle of the generation. I am a designer by trade. Um, I grew up in Boston, but spent many years kind of around the globe, like many millennials. And I'm I'm back here now in Boston, um, working towards kind of getting the generation more involved in uh, strategic giving. Your family background has to have some impact and how you're raised and your sense of responsibility and all that. Without going into too much detail, is that an important part of who you are? Let me start with a question about the millennial thing right off the bat, because I think anyone can stereotype these days and seems to want to do that. What you're finding and what I've found from the people I've met, like you, is that people in that age group of that category are absolutely interested in helping society and doing more in giving back. Is there a misconception about how generous or how caring people in your group are? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would I'm kind of partial, um, but I I have kind of done a lot of research around millennials. um, And while we definitely get a bad rap for a bunch of things, we are absolutely a byproduct of everything around us, including technology being kind of at the forefront of that, right? We all 
millennials kind of grew up as technology was growing up. Um, and so we have kind of different behaviors because of it, different standards because of it. Um, and we act very differently because of technology and, and everything around us. So I also I also think millennials are just good people like us, like all other generations. I think we just have different tendencies because of how we grew up so differently than even just a generation before us. So you looked at an issue here that is pretty broad-based, and you came up with an app, an idea to facilitate giving. Was it your idea to streamline and make it more accessible, the opportunity for people to give? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, and this really all came from my own kind of embarrassing behavior. Um, I was doing my taxes and had kind of, you know, started itemizing all the donations um, that I'd given and looked at all of them cumulatively and was like, oh my gosh, I just gave away kind of all of my charitable donations via other people. So what we call peer-to-peer giving. So someone going online, going onto Facebook or any kind of social media or email and, and asking, you know, oh, I'm doing this run or I'm doing this birthday event or fundraiser or whatever, come donate to the cause that I care about. And so I would give whenever anyone would ask and never stop to think about, oh, where's my money going or what do I care about or what's strategic giving or really just very reactive giving through my mm-hmm. peers. And so that's really what prompted me to look into it more and say, okay, is my kind of shameful giving the norm or are people just really thoughtful about giving and, and maybe I just am not on that boat. And so that's what that's that's when, you know, we started doing the research and realized that, wait a second, you know, what I was doing was the norm, right? Millennials are giving majority of their dollars through peer to peer. And because of it, we actually don't feel so great about giving. You know, we we, we care about causes and we're very kind of involved in social uh, issues, but we don't necessarily sit down and say where where should our money go? Um, and that, and that's something that we're really trying to tackle with Millie um, is is helping young people do more strategic, proactive giving instead of waiting for their friends to ask and giving these like what we call guilty gifts, mm. you know, with with the dollar. So, so that's that's really what we're trying to change here. So the Millie app is a new kind of of giving and gifting, and we'll talk about what I think is the coolest thing when you can send a <laughs> gift to somebody and let them yeah. know that this is a gift that they can pass along. But how does it basically work? How are you working with nonprofits, and how do they connect with uh, with folks? Yeah. So um, I should also specify that the way it works, um, kind of on the back end, is actually very different. And um, if any kind of and nonprofit folks kind of are listening. This this is definitely new and, and different, but there's something called the Donor Advised Fund in the U.S., which is uh, kind of this vehicle for giving that is very inaccessible to most people because they're really high minimums. And what, 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 this, what a Donor Advised Fund basically is, it's really just like a giving wallet or a giving account where you can put money in and then over time give money out to different nonprofits in the U.S. And it's really cool and widely used amongst kind of the high net worth individuals. You know, almost everyone has one in that level of wealth. Uh, But most people in the U.S. don't even know what they are outside of that little cohort. So uh, what we actually have done, which is very different, which we don't really message yet because there's a lot of uh, education that needs to be done around it, is we've actually partnered with a donor advised fund to make them accessible to anyone starting at $20, which is kind of the first time that you can do that as an individual to say, okay, I want to open up a DAF. 
I don't have $10,000 or $25,000. Let me open one up with 50 bucks. And so that's what we're really trying to do is give people access to this kind of giving account or this financial vehicle that very wealthy people use to do giving because they're very strategic about giving through their DAF. And can we bring this to everyone else? Rachel, it's at the point now where it's moving in the direction of personalized matching, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, it's yeah. a lot of yeah. algorithm work I'm ahead of you, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so my background is in design, but specifically I worked on, uh, I worked at two different companies doing personalization technology. So that exact stuff where algorithms based on your behavior and your location and a whole bunch of factors can actually match you with um, in the past, I've done with products in retail, but for this, it's really matching it with nonprofits, right? It's taking all the things that we know about you from your behavior, from your location, and serving you up things that we know you love. So mm-hmm. nonprofits is a perfect, you know, the reason that we kind of leverage the personalization here is because there are so many nonprofits in the U.S., right? We're over one and a half million nonprofits in the U.S. today. And so people don't know where to give, right? It's where do I begin? You know, even if some young person's like, okay, I want to be strategic about it, it's hard to know where to begin. And so we've led with um, kind of our first product, which is really around these matches, where every Mm -hmm. week we match users with a bunch of different nonprofits based on their behavior in the app and their location. Um, And then they can swipe to donate. And for the nonprofits out there, and I work with a ton of them, and you say there are millions, and I believe you, this is an opportunity to jump on board the latest tech and, and reach the right kind of people who want to give. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we right now, uh, it's been amazing. Just in the last few months, um, we've partnered with over 100 nonprofits, um, and we get applications, dozens of applications a week um, from amazing nonprofits. So we love partnering with more and more nonprofits. Soon, folks will be able to actually donate to any nonprofit in the U.S. through us. But really, we, we drive with content. So when a nonprofit comes onto Millie, they fill out these really fun profiles that engage young people to give. So that's really what it's about. So the more nonprofits that can come mm-hmm. and clean their profile and fill out their information, kind of the better they do on Millie and the more money they can raise from young people. And Rachel, this is a question that has to be asked, and you're very open about it. You're a for-profit industry, for-profit business, but you take a small percentage to keep yourself moving in the right direction, to keep your staff paid. It's a win-win for everybody, as far as I can see. Yeah, exactly. So we we take 5% of donations, which is pretty standard for kind of most fundraising software, even the ones that nonprofits use on the back end. And we are really excited about it, actually, because and our nonprofits are, too, because we're essentially bringing new donors at a really, really low fundraising percentage. So most high-impact nonprofits have a fundraising expense mm-hmm. of around, you know, 10, 15 percent. Um, and so to come and bring that new donors at 5 percent, people are really, really excited about it. I alluded to this, and I love this idea because I'm always, when it comes to gift giving, there are certain people who don't need anything. <laughs> and the yeah. idea of sending family or friends of that note money to donate with a message card, it's just cool. Can you explain how that works, the, the re-gifting, yeah. so to speak? Yeah, we love gifting. Um, yeah, this is totally not a feature that we really thought out before, meticulously before launching, we actually just created this for ourselves because we were going to start gifting to a few kind of social influencers in the space. So we built it honestly for ourselves to do marketing. Um, But the way it works is you can actually gift charitable dollars through Millie. um, And there are all these different gift cards that you can send with them. And they're really fun. We, We kind of 
put out new ones every week or two, but you're essentially giving the gift of giving, right? So for someone who does, who has so much or for your kids where you want to teach them how to, how to do charitable giving or um, any sort of occasion, right? You know, a holiday or someone hosting you or whatever, but someone that has everything, right? And this is the ability to give them dollars that they can then give out. Um, and mm. we're really excited about it because it's beyond the usual, like, oh, in your honor, I'm donating to this cause, right? You have to know what that person, what the recipient, right. where they would want to give their money to. Um, and, and they also don't get that necessarily satisfaction of giving when they're not the ones doing it and choosing it. So it's really a true gift in mm. that sense. We should also add that the Android users will soon have an app. Is that right? Yeah. So that's coming out shortly. Um, and what we're also launching on the web as well. So people will be able to access it from their computers or phones via the Internet. So you've got a story that is both exciting from the entrepreneurial point of view and really exhilarating to know that there are people who are altruistic and working hard to help others be altruistic. I think it's great. What kind of response are you getting uh, generally? You say many requests a week from nonprofits. What about from the, the general public? Yeah, for, from users, it's been amazing. Um, so we've been out in beta for just a few months, and we've just seen some incredible usage, um, not just here in the Northeast, but really across the country, which has been amazing. Gift giving has probably been our by far most popular feature that we just were not expecting. Mm. It's just a huge part of kind of what Millie has become, which we love. You know, it's not just about you giving, but it's about you enabling others to give. And we're seeing a lot of kind of multi-generational giving um, there, right, with parents or mm. grandparents gifting to their kids. We're seeing a lot of usage there, which has been really interesting and cool to see um, because I think it's a great way to get young people involved. And if they don't know where to begin, it's just a fun way to, to access nonprofits. Yeah, any generation is open to this, by the way. It's not exclusively yeah. for millennials, although yeah. I love the marketing that you do and your design work is great. And I love the name, Millie, M-I-L-L-I-E. That's pretty easy to remember. You probably don't remember the Dick Van Dyke show, do you? Ah, you're just a kid. Okay, never mind. The reference to Millie will go right out the window. But seriously, uh, this is great. I'm so glad we connected. And, you know, joining me on this particular podcast where we're focusing on two wonderful guests who are working in the millennial community for the millennials, this is really neat. So congratulations to you. And uh, we want people to go to getmillie.com and they can get all the information they need, correct? Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan, for having me. This was fun. My thanks again to Rachel and also to Paige Cornetit, both millennials doing a lot for their generation and others. And thanks to all of you for listening and to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media for his help in sending these episodes right up to the cloud so ably. Until next time, this is Jordan Rich saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Peace. <laughs>